I recently watched Moon, the 2009 science fiction film co-written and directed by Duncan Jones. If you haven't seen it, I won't spoil the plot. But the film follows Sam Bell, a man who experiences a personal crisis as he nears the end of a three-year solitary stint mining helium-3 on the far side of the moon. After a crash, he discovers his double, and in turn they find a, a secret vault containing hundreds of hibernating clones. They realise that Lunar Industries manufactures clones to avoid paying for new astronauts. So, how realistic a prospect is this? Or is it simply the stuff of science fiction? When in the 1970s I studied zoology and physiology at Manchester University, I was more interested in what makes each of us different rather than what makes us the same. My primary interest had been in the philosophy of mind, and before going to university, I had been more absorbed in politics, philosophy and sociology than in biology. You might wonder then why I chose instead to study biological sciences. The answer is I wanted a better understanding of how our bodies worked. In the 1970s, a relatively small number had the opportunity to go to university. I had left school at 15 in my last uh, school report, the headmaster had written that he could see, quote, no reason why public money should be wasted on the attempted education of this boy, unquote. And so it was, I found myself walking out of the school gates for the last time as a pupil. Yet, ten years later, here I was at one of our prestigious universities. I felt like a fish out of water, not only because I was older than most of my classmates, but also because I had not studied chemistry or physics. My introduction to a volatile liquid was to inadvertently shake a flask in the teaching lab, causing the stopper to shoot off the top and hit the ceiling. It was an amazing three years of discovery encouraged by some amazing tutors. It is a journey I have continued over a lifetime. It isn't a journey mapped out in my genes. We share so much of our genetic inheritance, yet we are so different. We could, of course, simply put this down to the slightest genetic differences, and that would be so for some of our characteristics. But even if our genes were all the same with not a scintilla of variation. We would not all be the same. We would be very different, even if others might be struck by our similarities. The British Nobel scientist Sir John Gurdon, whose work cloning frogs in the 1950s and 60s led to the creation of Dolly the Sheep by Edinburgh scientists in 1996, has predicted that Progression to human cloning could happen within half a century. Currently, the risks would outweigh any real benefits. 
there would need to be substantial improvements in cloning methods before they could be applied to humans because the vast majority of cloned animal embryos are deformed or develop problems. But what would be the purpose of such human reproduction? It has been suggested that cloning might be used to replace a lost child with a copy, but it is here that a myth takes hold, the idea that cloning produces an identical human being. This is the stuff of science fiction, not of biology. Cloning will not produce an identical, like-for-like human being. I have read fictional accounts of clones of Adolf Hitler, yet each little Adolf so produced is likely to be very different from the Adolf of history. The Adolf we know was made as much by his experience and failings as by his genes. I find such a thought ironic given his belief in a superior race. A cloned human will not develop and become identical to the person from whom this being has been cloned. If we wanted to clone a person rather than an organism, it is highly unlikely we could succeed. A person has a unique history and a unique development. Their hopes, fears, loves and hates together with their opportunities and motivations are as likely to be as different as any other two people. Much of human development occurs after birth. This is particularly true of brain development and function, which are critically dependent on sensory input and social interaction. The billions of synaptic connections in our cortex are formed and honed after birth. Environmental influences are a major feature in determining the function of our brains and our characteristics. In this sense alone, we will each have a different trajectory. And this is one of the reasons why identical twins are not what their name suggests. They are not identical. Their psychosocial characteristics will be different, but biologically they are also likely to be dissimilar. They are likely, for example, to carry different risks of health and disease. Recent work on the developmental origins of health and disease indicate that much of the health risks we carry are environmentally determined during development in the womb and in early life. It is highly unlikely this could be precisely replicated. A cloned human will be as unique as any other human. They are also likely to carry risks specific to being cloned. A large body of evidence suggests that testosterone exposure in the womb influences development of gender-specific interests in childhood, as well as in sexual orientation in later life. But it also appears that there are multiple pathways to a given sexual orientation. Again, it is unlikely these could be replicated precisely. But let us consider the idea of producing a replacement for a lost child. The psychosocial experience during development of such a child would include the fulfilment or otherwise of the parent's needs. The burden of needing to be like the lost child 
will make it less likely to be successful. Better to be wanted as the person you are or will become than to always feel the need to be like someone else. The motives of such parents and their ability to adjust would be crucial. Perhaps they should not want to replace a lost child, but simply to have a child with his or her own personality. Psychosocial counselling would be better than a risky biological fix. Thank you.